Hello, my friends. Katie Day with the Moving to Texas team here with another episode of the Real Advice podcast. Today, I am excited to welcome someone who I've known for a while online, but recently met in person um, in actually Orlando, Florida, um, who is a real estate in the greater Orlando area. Andy Neal, what's going on, man? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Um, cool. So, um, for those that may not know you, um, you know, how did you get into real estate? Oh, wow. Um, by accident is the honest answer. (laughs) I'm going back to the year 2000. So yeah, 22 years ago, I was selling suits in a men's clothing shop and this man come in and I just spent like an hour with this guy and just, I just enjoyed my job. So I spent all this time with him and he went on his way. And then the next day he come back in and thought, oh no, this is something wrong. And he come up to me and he said, if you ever want to change your career and be in real estate, there's my business card. Please give me a call. I was so impressed with your service yesterday. So I thought about it for a couple of weeks and just thought, you know what? I always live by let's say yes and learn how it goes later. So I took it, I took the job. Yeah. And so this was when you were in England though, yeah? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just outside London. Okay. I mean, and I would say what, 22 years later, I guess it worked out, right? Yeah. I've done nothing else since. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good deal. Um, so as far as, I mean, clearly you're in Orlando now. So um, you started in real estate back in 2000. And then mm-hmm. I know it was like 20, what, 17 that you moved to Orlando? Correct. Yes. I moved here 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what advice would you give someone? I mean, because clearly that's not like moving from, you know, Orlando to or Florida to like Georgia or something like that, right? That's a that's a pretty big uh, move. Like what advice would you give to someone if they were moving to a new market? Um, do lots of research. Make sure you want it enough. Um, have a reason to do it. I mean, a lot of people just jump and just do something ad hoc, which is great. But if you're going to build a business, I would say do lots of research because it's it's not easy. Um, I'm lucky enough to have my business back in the UK, which is still open to this day. So I've got that to fall back on, but it was tough to start from scratch. Really tough. But it's, yeah. a good move. it's a good move. It's more for family reasons than anything else. My business was just as good as well. It's a good move. Yeah, for sure. And then as far as, you know, like moving to a new market, what I guess are your lead pillars or how did you kind of build your business? Obviously you knew kind of about real estate, but I'm sure it's different, yeah. you know, in England than it is in Orlando. Yeah, completely different. Um, so I literally just, first thing I've done was got a coach and that's the first thing I've done and needed to know the ins and outs of the business. And I just sat and cold called every day and I don't want it. I, I don't do it anymore. Luckily I should do because my coach tells me to, but I just literally cold called and cold called and cold called until I got enough business where I could just, you know, go from there. Um, and you know, cold calling is still a, a big thing today. Um, but I've gone different direction and. I do a lot of Google work now. And also, you know, you've got to find your, your vibe, attraction tribe. Is that what they say? Yeah. Um, so my my tribe, I guess, is British sellers that want to sell their vacation homes. Okay. So I, I realized last year when we was at Summit, actually, find something to nail down on. And I found that niche. And I've done really well from that to, from, you know, to date. So that's my sort of niche is going after those people. Um, well, and so I guess, you know, I know I've, I've, we've had other Orlando guests on and people really that are in kind of second home markets or, you know, vacation areas or things like that. So like, 
you know, obviously the sellers, that's great. But like, do you all and does your team deal with a lot of buyers in those second home markets? I know some people say it's kind of difficult because like, you know, their, their sense of urgency isn't as isn't as big because it's like, oh, it's a second home or it's a vacation home or it's an investment property. Do you, do you all see that? Yeah, we do. I, I've, I've actually dealt with quite a few out-of-state buyers yeah. recently coming to Orlando for their second market. That's mainly through the Todd Berry ecosystem. I've got lots of referrals to them because people are starting to know that I deal in that second-hand market through the sales side, so I get to know the communities. So yeah. I'm now starting to work with lots of buyers that want to buy homes as well. Um, so that's worked out really well for me. Really yeah. What, what, what do you um, say is something that would be like kind of actionable as far as like if someone's in a second home market or, or, you know, vacation properties or things like that, like how do you help to move the needle? Cause it's like, if they're coming down for spring break and then maybe they're back for the summer for a few weeks, like, you know, it's not like, Hey, my lease is up next month and I have to move now. Right. What, what do you do to kind of keep the urgency going with buyers? Um, tough question. Um, Keep them up to date with occupancy rates so they know what happens throughout the year, things like that. Um, when the best times are to buy, when the best time to maximize their return. Um, it's a tough one because in this market, we're, we're quite lucky down here because we've always got the sun and we're always going to have Mickey Mouse, right? So people always <laughs> want to buy down here. So yeah. there's, no, there's no real, there's no seasonality down here. It's just the market's busy, everybody's on vacation, especially in the last two years when they couldn't really go overseas. So everyone's coming to Florida. Yeah. You know, people are just, buying at any random time there's no there's no right time to buy down here it's just people are like and you want to buy a vacation home and i want to buy now yeah <laughs> so, um but there are good times to, to make more money and obviously the holidays and things are good um but, but yeah people are just buying at all times yeah one of the things that we see here in texas is like a lot of communities and builders like will restrict like rentals and short-term rentals and stuff like that do you guys see that a lot like near disney and in or in throughout orlando yeah, there are lots of communities where you can't do short term because you know people don't want that. They're living there full time. Yeah. The last thing you want is someone partying next door all night, yeah. every night, two weeks. So yeah, there, there's lots of restrictions in place as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I imagine that must be difficult to navigate because I know even here for people that are looking for Airbnbs, it's like, you know, most condos don't allow it. Some, you know, yeah. home communities don't allow it. So it's definitely yeah. uh, getting, I feel like a little bit more difficult to find uh, good kind of short-term investment properties, but yeah. they are still out there. They are. And even even today, I've got a guy that I met through the ecosystem that's coming down on Friday, and I found like 15 to 20 homes, but 90% are fully booked, so I can't get in to see them. Yeah. And it's tough. It really is. Because, But it, on the flip side, it's a good thing for a seller because you've always got a tenant in there or you've always got someone in there staying, so that's great. Well, and so I guess um, one of the things you said is like you represent a lot of sellers that are looking to say, hey, like, let me cash out some money from this property. Is there anything different that you do to market it? Because like, obviously, if it's a short or long term rental, and there's someone staying there, like, do you get like videos and pictures so that people can still see it until they go under contract? Or what are some things that you you guys do? Yeah, most of the ones I'm selling, I've been lucky enough that there's been no bookings. So the house <laughs> okay. is just vacant, and I can go and do a really cool video and send it out and sell it. It's, it's quite nice to sell it as is with all the furniture because it's more attractive to an investor. Yeah, for they, sure. They haven't got to spend money to, to, um, to furnish it. So most of my listings have been really nice and uh, I've, I've been able to do nice videos or hide a videographer and they've sold really quickly. There's been no problem selling them at all. Yeah. So that's quite cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so I know that you also expanded, I guess, I don't know if it's your team or your brokerage to Fort Myers as well. Is yeah. it? Brokerage team, both? Yes, yeah, so the brokerage owns 
a company in Fort Myers called Maxim Realtors. And then we bought that in 2018 with about 65 or so agents down there. And then we formed Maxim Realty Orlando in 2018. Yeah, 2018 as well. No, 2017. And we changed names. We bought with the Orlando business come first. We then bought the Maxim one and then rebranded all of it to the same thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's mainly part owned by my UK company as well. So it's a big whole collection of companies. That's, yeah. A lot of a uh, lot of paperwork sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Keeping all the work. names straight. Lots of work in general. Five, <laughs> five, hours, five hours in front of us, so I have to get up super early to work with them. Oh yeah, in the in the UK. Um, yeah. So you know, you've been in real estate now for for twenty you know plus years. You've <laughs> seen cyclical markets. You've seen you know different things. I guess you know, obviously in different countries and things like that. What advice would you give to an agent that maybe has like perhaps like plateaued in their career and really wants to take it to the next level? Just go back to basics. One of the things I see, the frustration I see, even today, when I mentioned this buyer, I'm trying to arrange showings. No one picks up their phone. Don't ever get too big that you can't pick up your phone. It's infuriating. You know? So go back to basics. Speak to as many people as you can. You don't know who's selling. Don't, don't take anything for granted in this business. Just And work hard. Right? We've all got the same thousand minutes in a day. Let's just use them wisely. Right? Get up, go to work, and you get out of it what you put into it. You seriously, seriously do. Um, you've got to make sacrifices. to make This is a full-time business. It's not a part-time business. Um, and don't be scared to make some cold calls. Yeah, we're going to get a shout at, but they can't punch you through the phone. right? So um, I'd say go back to basics and just reevaluate your business and make sure that all those things you had in place before are back in place again and they're working well. Um, so you mentioned cold calling a few times. So you know Matt uh, Beret, Britt Bear Scottsdale. So I was laughing with him the other day. We we recorded an episode of the podcast, and you know he was saying that he you know does a lot of cold calling, especially like second homeowners and non owner occupieds, and you know just different things that he's calling people that he's never talked to before. And I asked him, so I'll ask you the same question. Do you think that your cold calling success is better because you get on the phone with an American and they hear your accent and they just want to listen to you, you know, talk more? See, I don't think so. I think it's worse because a lot of people say to me, you speak really fast. And, and I just, I do speak fast. I know that. But I think a foreigner has a disadvantage to an American, in my opinion. Okay. But other yeah. people say, I love, some people do say, I love your accent. Yeah. But I don't know. At least then you can like maybe get them to laugh. You know, you're talking about accents and then, you know, you're like, okay, let me sell your house. (laughs) I guess it it opens a conversation. It catches them rather than the same accent all the time, maybe. Yeah. So, and if it's female, I really put the accent on stronger because they like it more. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I love it. Um, So what would you say are the main differences between real estate in the UK and then real estate here? Um, massive difference. There's no buyers agents in the UK. Okay. And the commission, we we get one percent if we're lucky. And there's agents out there that do half a percent. It's crazy. It, it's but because there's no buyers agents, you sell more volume, right? So I mean, we would sell between five and seven hundred homes a year in the UK. But there's lots of volume. There's lots of volume, but there's less income. So do buyers buyers just go unrepresented or the, the yep. listing agent's kind of doing all of the work or what is that? So a buyer will go to, they could they could look on like the equivalent of Zillow, which is called Rightmove. And they'd go on there and they'd find 10 homes that might be listed with 10 different agents. Yeah. So they'd contact 10 different agents and say, hey, I want to see this house. And they'd meet 10 different agents in one day. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's it's it works. It'll never you know there have been companies that want to try the MLS in the UK, but it's never going to work because people are used to paying low fees. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're the big and, and there's no licensing. You haven't got to have a license to be a real estate agent in, in England. Oh Even really? People can do it. Yeah. And that's why they've got such a bad name because so many bad people that set up business and make a bad name for themselves. So there's no like continuing education or licensing requirement. You can just say, I'm selling houses now. Yeah. You can choose to do education, which we yeah. always, I insist on my, my staff all do that. And we have qualifications, um, but you don't need it. Which yeah. Is, which is shocking really, isn't it? It's the biggest asset you're selling. <laughs> so yeah. Huh. yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, what, what's the most unique property you've ever sold? Um, I sold a really cool house that was haunted. I'm, I swear it's haunted. Um, I went there with a colleague and it, the, the house was so long, you could literally do a hundred meter sprint down the corridor. And it was creaky doors, cobwebs. Um, it, was, it was awesome at the same time, really scary. And now it's actually a wedding venue. So it's a really beautiful house. You can Google it and it's such a beautiful house. It's really cool. Um, That's crazy. I sold one from the 15th, 15th century as well, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so some really cool homes in England. Yeah, and then you move to Orlando and it's like, you know. People say to me, oh, this house is really old. It's like built in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's funny. Um, I mean, but hey, that's kind of old for Florida, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's old for, it's old for America, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, what what would be a book that you would recommend to read? I know I've, I've got a few that I, I read probably like once or once or twice a year, every so often. Do you have any books that you really yeah, enjoy? I'm, I'm just reading the, the Slight Edge from Jeff Olson. Okay. That's really good. Um, and I think like everyone, we love Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate Agent. That's quite cool. Um, and I've got one here, actually. Which one have I got here? Uh, I'm reading this one right now as well, Big Money Energy by Ryan Serhan. I'm actually reading that one right now too. That's uh, I like that one. Yeah, he's good. Um, and his other one as well. The first one he wrote was really good. Yeah. Um, I'm not a massive reader, to be honest. I get bored halfway through, um, so I don't read many books. Um, but the slight the slight edge is really good if you want to, you know, train your mind to think that extra. The Jeff Olson one that's really good. I think Tom Ferry recommended that at Summit as well. Okay. Yeah. I'll write that one down. Um, I always end up where I'll start a book. And then I actually, the other day I lost one of my books. I don't know where it went. So I think I took it somewhere and left it. Um, <laughs> but I've been reading big money energy. That's one. Uh, and I've been reading, uh, the purple cow. It's actually on my desk. Purple cow. I've heard of that actually. Um, is it by, it's by, um, Seth Godin, right? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I need to read that one. That, that's supposed to be quite good. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's good. I think it's like, it, at least for me, as I'm going through it, it's like making me think more about like marketing and your messaging and stuff right. like that. Um, so I think that, you know, some of it does apply to kind of what we do. Some of it doesn't, but I think that it's a good, uh, you know, it's a thinker and it's, yeah. it's not, it's not that many pages. Um, so it's, it's been a pretty easy read so far. So okay. I'd recommend it. I'll take your recommendation and I'll get it. For sure. Yeah, I ended up purchasing it after um, the, I guess it was, was it Summit last year? Uh, yeah, it was Summit, yeah. Yeah, I ended up purchasing that and a bunch of other books, and I didn't really start uh, watching or reading any of them, reading any of them. There you go. 
Um, and if you were not a real estate agent, what would you be doing with your life? Well, I always wanted to be a soccer player, right? Always. That, that was my dream. I, I probably wouldn't have made it, but I wanted to be a fireman. I really was keen to be a fireman when I was younger. And it's only the, only the fact I got a back injury when I was 16 that I probably didn't, didn't follow through with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to be an American cop. That'd be quite cool. Um, but I'm not a citizen, so I can't be. But otherwise, I think I'll probably be a fireman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like, I like the um, I like the, the adrenaline of doing things. The, the yeah. Stuff. That's quite cool. Yeah. yeah. That would be, that, be awesome. Yeah. But, what would be one thing that you would give as far as like one piece of advice to someone that's just starting out in their real estate career? Hire a coach. And be coachable and do what you're told. <laughs> I think that's probably the better advice than hiring the coach. The being coachable is, is yeah. so difficult. I feel like every yeah. agent starting out uh, with a coach, it takes you a couple of weeks to actually start listening to what they're saying. It does, because even even when I started out, mistakes I made. I mean, I thought I, was, I, thought I knew everything. I've been doing it three, four, five years. Even when I set my own business up in 2009, I thought, I've got my own business. I know more than that guy. But you don't. You learn every day. You know, don't be don't be afraid to to learn new things and ask people. You know, be coachable. Go to people and ask. You know, I know people that have been doing it half the time I have. They're much better agent than me. Some people are really good at what they do, so you learn from those people as well. Yeah, um, that's the biggest thing that I like about um, the coaching programs I've been in, and obviously we met through Tom Ferry. Is like yeah. having. Um, the community, right. It's like coaching's great. The accountability is great, but I love, you know, having other people to reach out to and talk to yeah. and bounce ideas off of, and, you know, hear things you should do. You shouldn't do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you move to a new market, there's so much more to learn. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm a new agent. I really do. Every day I feel like I'm a new agent and I'm look at these guys around where I live and go, wow, these guys are really good. I wish I could be like them one day. Um, and they've been doing it half the time as me. Yeah. What was the most surprising thing about like Orlando and, and kind of Florida real estate when you first moved there? Um, one thing that always surprises me in this business is how agents treat each other. When they, It baffles me how agents think we're enemies, but we're here to help each other. We both want to get the same result, which is get a deal put together. Yeah. So like, wow, why do these guys, I think they watch Mundo Listing and think this is how you talk to each other. <laughs> they really do. Yeah, I mean, that, that was really surprising to me how yeah. it's, it's really doggy dog when you know I get it we're all sales people we want to be you know top of the charts and we want to say we're top producers but ultimately if you help more people you're going to get further in life yeah well and that's not something you have to deal with in england because there's no one on the other side of the transaction right yeah the only people you deal with over there is other agents because you again you're going to pitch a listing and it's really yeah hard. yeah but otherwise yeah it can be but then we do have chains so in england you you find these things you have a chain so you have it's like having 10 contingent sales in one chain and they've all got to, they've all got to go together to, to get to the result at the end. So if one cancels, they all cancel. So you don't really get over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hmm. that's, that's, diff that's, that's the biggest difference over there is that you don't really get make an offer and say, I want to close in 30 days. It depends on your buyer and their buyer and their buyer and where, you're, where this person's moving to eventually. So that, that's a big difference. What's the longest amount of like, concurrent transactions that you had in order to get one closed i think we've had one about 10 or 11 before it's, oh my goodness it's a headache and don't forget they take about three months on average from offer to close it in england okay because you've got two lawyers on either side and if you've got that times 10 there's so much people involved it's it's crazy 
And attorneys, it's always way more words than you need to get anything done, you know? Absolutely. It's so simple over here, and, and, it, and it's correct. It should be. Yeah. So, yeah I much prefer over here. <laughs> That's sure. interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. No, I can't, like, I think the most I've ever had was, like, four, you know, or three, maybe, yeah. of, like, this home had to sell for, you know, like, yeah. three three transactions, but never uh, never ten. That's unreal. Yeah. It is, and it's hard, but it, it's really good because it teaches you to so many problems come up to overcome. It's really taught me a lot. It, you know, there's it doesn't phase me. I get a bad inspection report coming because it's just you just deal with it. And yeah, I've done it so long, it's just second nature. So I enjoy doing that. It's a challenge. Yeah, kind of always, kind of always save a deal, but there's always there's always a way around it. Yeah. Huh. Living in Orlando, how often do you go to Disney? <laughs> too much <laughs> do you okay we, we you have Disney. kids right yeah we're two boys so we have got annual passes okay but i say that we haven't been much this year because it's just so busy yeah so we we want to go and we i'm not queuing up for two hours to, to do a ride you know but you know it, we have to if we want to go and the kids yeah. go, let's go to disney so you just do it for your kids don't you um, but yeah we do go a bit too much i must admit well, I mean, it's close by. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like you have to take a flight and book a hotel no. and all exactly. that. So it's so close. I can hear the fireworks every night. Oh, really? Yeah. That close. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. cool. Um, awesome. Well, I will hit you with one last hard hitting question. Oh, if it were your last meal on earth, what would you be eating? Uh, do you know what? Like that? Don't laugh. It's called a Flo's Filet from Longhorn Steakhouse. They did the best filet ever with broccoli yeah steak and broccoli for me okay yeah with with a bud light kind of a bud light a bit of a lightweight so bud light. <laughs> well yeah. it's your last meal i mean you could you could drink whatever you want you know yeah. no one's yeah. no one's gonna judge you yeah be that sure. <laughs> cool andy well i appreciate your time so much thank bud you light. for for spending some time and, and imparting knowledge on everyone if someone doesn't follow you online where's the best place for them to find you um well, all my accounts have lately been hacked. So like Instagram, I've got a new one called Andy Neil 09. So okay. You can follow me there. But um, yeah, that, that'd be great. I'd love some more followers. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, Andy Neil 09, go find him on Instagram. Andy, again, thank you so much for your time. You. And I can't wait to hopefully see you soon. It was a pleasure. Thanks very much. Take care.